Welcome back, Rage Nation. Definitely not PR friends. Myself, Pete. He needs to stop, like, fucking getting cute with these kicks. John the Mountain Man Stokes. You're not putting them on my models, motherfucker. Chris the non-tech Asian. Put the tape measure up and get some wages. You, yeah, no, you really frustrated me. You walked away and you came back and your scalpel had been thrown across the room. <laughs> I'm just here so I don't get fined. I will will share with you my one rage quit story. You know, I'm a robot and I don't have a solo across now eight. This is going to be a really great opportunity for everybody to see how you effed up. Welcome back to Anatomical Precision. <laughs> sure, Rage Quit Wire. Is that is that what you uh, what do you even call your podcast anymore, Mike? That's still called the same thing. Is it? Is it? Yes. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I mean the interviews that I did. I mean, well, yeah. I mean, I mean, your Twitter handle is a little different now, isn't it? Oh, uh, from one day where I decided it'd be a funny thing to pretend to be uh, Gil Ball, uh, the Steamforged like social media team and then after like two seconds i stopped pretending to do that and just made random comments on people so those of you that don't know uh we got mike klein on the horn with rage quit wire trying to put out some content because i don't know i feel like talking like you know guild ball and and chris and john are busy with life so i got mike to fill in there we go and funny enough we've also been trying to record but uh can't get chris and uh Glenwood and my schedules to match up. So uh, we just combined two podcasts into one. There we go. <laughs> we just mashed it together. So yeah, mm-hmm. we're just going to talk about a few things today. Just really kind of just talking about Guild Ball, especially since uh, I know as far as Rage Quit Wire, we haven't gotten to talk a ton about it lately. And then the one I did record like in September, I didn't post till October. So, you know, that was really good. <laughs> just, yeah, just some tournaments coming up. And looking at some guilds that we're playing now. And then I also wanted to kind of just do like a top five, kind of like what guilds are kind of hot right now that we either notice people playing or just seem like uh, seem like fun to play. So a couple of tournaments that I know are coming up. One of them that is popping up that a lot of people are signing up for is Bourbon Trail Open in March. So I know that there's a bunch of people going to that and... I know that you're on the left coast now, Mike, so I don't know what kind of tournament scenes you're into right now. Uh, not Guild Ball once is, is the answer. Uh, Probably I'm, <laughs> Yeah, I'm in the Infinity uh, Mecca for for the U.S. So, uh, no, yeah, no Guild Ball stuff. Um, I do have a couple of guys around here that are interested in playing and I've played a couple of demos but uh, of the game with people but that's about that I guess the next uh, tournament for me is maybe spring fling question mark uh, (laughs) I don't even remember when it is it actually might be the same weekend as as a a local uh, infinity tournament here but either way um, for sure I will go to because i'm going to be help helping organize not run but organize uh the north american uh, team championship which we're going to try to get going uh myself and red sam long slang sam um are going to try to get going this summer so i we have literally zero details about it so uh, (laughs) it's more of just just literally talking about it it's a thing that likely will happen and it will uh probably happen in chicago so 
Well, I was going to say it was, I believe, three years ago, they were trying to do a North American team championship in Wisconsin, mm-hmm. but there were only probably about two or three teams that signed up, so they had to end up you know, bailing on it. But I, I know definitely that's something that a lot of people would be interested in, just because I know there's a lot of us that like team tournaments, but WTC is such just a you know money sink that it's hard for a lot of people to do that. Well, yeah, it's it's hard for the vast majority, considering we've had basically very similar teams the two the uh, what is it three years now that W yeah pretty much yeah yeah so yeah I'd definitely be interested in that and Chicago is a pretty central location for a lot of people so that that definitely be doable. I was trying to get people to come out to Albuquerque, but it didn't it didn't work. There was some support, uh, and then and then you know. Uh, we put it up to a poll as to which place would be better and more convenient. And then I, then it all, all died. Well, well, I'll tell you what, Mike, I would definitely be interested coming out to, uh, to the old Albuquerque just because, uh, you know, my buddy Clay, he's a big infinity guy. He goes out to the rumble there every year and he says it's a blast. Yeah. Well, that tournament is a blast and you should go to that one. But uh, yeah, no, the the city's great too. Uh, I was thinking actually, uh, so Chris uh, Schlegel, legal guy i can never say something right um he you know he had done a, a steam camp like uh like an outdoor infinity camping tournament and man would there be no better place in well few better places in the country than to go up into the, the mountains out here uh near you know next to albuquerque and uh just plop down some some tables and play in the in the high desert Nice. Yeah. 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 And it's just one of those things where I'm sure that you're, you notice that there, but I just think that the West coast is just has so many like miniature games and it seems like it kind of leans towards privateer press and infinity more out there. So I, I just noticed that more about the West coast. Yeah. I mean, obviously privateer press has Seattle cause that's where they, they are, are, and Infinity just happens to have a really good Southwest uh, meta. But I think the weird thing about the West Coast, it kind of uh, is just a, you know, we've already complained about this when we were on the East Coast, but the U.S. is really big um, yeah. and it's really far between places. But at least on the East Coast, I can travel several states in a day. Uh, it is it is basically four hours for me to leave uh, the state in almost any direction. hey hey man i I lived in kansas so you don't got to talk to me about that yeah so like yeah i mean you have for example you have see you know seattle has uh privateer press stuff and there's guys who play infinity in seattle and there's guys who play infinity in um california but that's that's like huge drive huge traveling to down to you guys in south carolina back when i was in new york so (laughs) yeah yeah, there is a Chicago, there is a Chicago, not Chicago, Colorado meta uh, based out of what looks like somewhere be- between shifting between Denver and uh, Colorado, Colorado Springs. Um, so I'm hoping to get out to some of their events. So that's probably actually really uh, the next tournament that I go to. That's not fast. And, and Colorado is pretty cool too. I've been to. Uh what was it? I think it was Feast of Blades and back in like 2013, I went to that where they had like all these different tabletop games. And I, I just think that when you, when you look at tabletop gaming, you definitely want to 
make sure that I prescribe to the fact that if there's a tabletop game being played that I like, that I'll support it because then hopefully I can get those players to maybe play the tabletop games I like as well. So I kind of like bribe them with me participating in their in their game to get into mine. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a good way to do it. Instead of uh, instead of competing, you kind of just offer more options, and of course, there you know, you gamers can't turn down more options and more things. Yep, definitely. Yeah, and just to get some dates out there, so Bourbon Trail Open is March seventh, and that's in Kentucky, and it looks like they still got some spots open, so that's definitely got. Um, a lot of people's interest. And then the other one you were talking about with spring playing, uh, let's see here. I think that was May. Yeah, the convention that Bill's putting on is um, May 2nd. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll have that going on too. Gotcha. Nice. Yep. And I'm actually going to be talking with Bill here soon about uh, spring fling and what the convention is going to have to hold. So those of you that are interested in that event, Definitely give a listen to the next episode after this one because I am going to interview Bill and just kind of see what he's adding to it this year. Nice, yeah. I'm, I mean, my sense is that he really just wants to take what he did last year with uh, and just explode the board gaming part. Hopefully, yeah. I, I, I actually do think it will probably come. Uh, I think for somewhat unrelated reasons will come at the expense of the guild ball side. I actually think it's less and may less that, uh, you know, they won't be able to fit the space or, uh, you know, it won't be, uh, a cool event. I think bill can handle all of that. I actually just think it'll just, uh, this year, some of the big, like motivating, uh, like, things like Chicago coming down and maybe they end up do it coming down. But I, th- I think there might be a, like some of those groups that kind of spur the event to be like super big and, you know, had the success that it's have one or two of those groups. I mean, myself included in that are potentially less likely to go. So I, I'm going to end with you when you can kind of combine the, uh, the fact that it also will be having people potentially being distracted and playing other games. We'll, we'll see how Guild Ball uh, does. I hope it gets a good turn. Yeah, I, I think it will, but I think the attendance for the Guild Ball will shrink, but I don't think that's because that less people are going to come. I think it's like you said, like I have a lot of casual players in my meta and, you know, they like Guild Ball, but they don't like getting stomped by some of the top players, you know? So what yeah. they would do instead is like, hey, I'd rather spend my time playing these board games or trying out this demo instead of, you know, getting stomped in Guild Ball for like two or three rounds and then just kind of playing in the middle table. So I think that is good for that group of people that are just kind of like, yeah, yeah you know, I'm, I'm just looking to have fun and, you know, Guild Ball's fun, but I don't feel like getting stomped by Alex Bots or whoever's showing up. I mean, it's actually really, we can just, we, we're saying it as if it's something different, but if anything, if Bill is successful in creating a, kind of convention uh like you know thing which is what he's going for you would expect there to be less players because that's what happens at almost all of the conventions because people play other games it turns out yeah definitely (laughs) etc well i mean and it's just one of those things where it's like you know guild ball's fun but you know all of a sudden if you get like some kind of rpg going that sounds like fun and amazing you know i might try that for you know the evening instead of playing guild ball yeah, for sure. I uh, I mean, all you need is Dungeon Mayhem, and then I, I can. Yeah. Dude, that, so the Guild Ball tournament was fun, but Dungeon Mayhem at Spring Fling last year was, like, the best. 
Because nice. literally, we just we just got drunk and played Dungeon Mayhem when we got done with the tournament. Yeah, it was real good. I'm actually looking at some of the tokens on my desk right now. They actually they actually just came out with an expansion for Dungeon Mayhem. What? Oh yeah, look it up. Right. Guild Ball, right? <laughs> yeah, Guild Ball. So yeah, check out some of these tournaments going on. One thing I did want to mention is that we're trying to find a date for the Southern Team Championship, but. Now that you're kind of talking about the North American one, we'll we'll see how that goes. But we do want to try to continue the uh, the STC tournament just because that's something that we like to do. The ball kind of got dropped this last year, but I'm looking for a date. I was going to run it in January, but um, my sister got married the same weekend that I was planning on running that tournament, so that's not happening mm. in January. <laughs> what about what about how's that? And then how's that? Still planning on being a thing. Um, probably going to start organizing that soon. Uh, I got to talk with Jake and see what that's going to look like this year. Cause I know he's been doing other things. So, uh, we'll see what that looks like, but definitely that that's too cool of a tournament not to keep doing. So we'll, we'll make cool. that work. Excellent. Exciting. Yep. So kind of looking at guild ball, Mike, I've seen you kind of posting a lot about hunters lately. So is that <laughs> something that you're still kind of working on right now? Um, Sure. So uh, basically, I uh, since I've moved, I was you know getting Vassal games in. There was a Vassal tournament um, that was it a Vassal tournament? I feel like it was. Yeah, it was a Vassal tournament. The one that I made actually. That's what I was trying to remember which one I played uh, which and that I uh, was playing Hunters and started playing Steeljaw a bunch and realized she was really good and um, I've always loved Skatha. Um, but was mainly playing Steel Jaw uh, and was having success. And then it kind of started to get into the windup to uh, to second wind. And stupidly, I uh, said, you know what? I've been playing Hunters, but I'm going to go pick a random other guild. So I did that. Um, Should have stuck with Hunters. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so and then got back and then... Um, just realized since one of the things that... I mean, not necessarily surprising to, because of who it was, but you know everybody was talking after second wind about oh the hunters players did really well and they brought just Steeljaw like yes Steeljaw is really good um, and she can certainly play uh, pretty much into to anyone but like they were you know people were reading too much into the fact that like they only took Steeljaw and they only took six models one of those players was Pete Williamson he just does that for like to live up to the meme. Um, yeah. as he has stated, uh, and Blaine is crazy. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> can't really read too much into that. But anyway, point being, uh, I wanted to, and one of the things that when I was playing union at second wind was bothering me, the, when I played union in season three and had a lot of success with them, the thing I really liked was playing, a you know, a, a vet rage team that could kill and get all its kills, but also had mist in it mainly because mist was so good. Uh, with benediction in in late season three, mid to late season three, um, yeah. but like I liked that fighting team that uh, can or you know team that can fight and the mixed team basically, um, or at least in that vet rage's case it was a slightly more mixed team. So you know during second wind I was kind of even games that I you know was winning and and doing well in and thought you know union were really strong. It was still bothering me that I, I felt like. You know, uh, I I really just had to control and, and, and get the goal when you know when it won the game, kind of uh, kind of yeah. 
rather than being able to have that as like an option just just because you know not just when i need to but just because i want to so yeah. uh, i decided to stupidly cuz i have a really short attention span so committing to 30 games is especially when you don't have a meta, meta and you have to play on vassal is stupid but um I committed to 30 games of just Skatha, and I think I, I think I have my count off. I think I'm on game five or six since I made that commitment. So, <laughs> so you got 25, 24 more games. I have 25 more games. Uh, <laughs> yeah, including another Vassal tournament that I entered into uh, and uh, picked hunters again. And of course, you know that meant. I had to play Skatha into everybody in this tournament, and I had to play Skatha into Rivet, which was okay. <laughs> it actually wasn't as bad as I thought it was, but it still still wasn't. It wasn't something I was looking forward to. <laughs> I can understand that. In fact, I think I also had to play Skatha into. I totally did. I had to play Skatha into the last round of the first tournament. The, um, the Vassal tournament that I was in and had to play against Smoke, uh, which I've been told by some of my good friends across the pond is a terrible, terrible, terrible matchup for Hunters, specifically uh, Skatha. But it wasn't that bad. Still lost the game, but it wasn't that bad. Well, I mean, and people like to be like, oh, well, you know, Skatha has a lot of problems with, like, unpredictable and, you know, she only has one-inch reach, so she, she never wants <laughs> but but anyways, it's it's just one of those things where there's still some shenanigans you can do with her to work around those situations. It just you got to be a little more creative with it. Well, yeah, I mean, things people forget with uh, Skatha is she doesn't like unpredictable. If the model with unpredictable is about six to seven inches away from every other player on its team, otherwise she doesn't care because she just bounces into you. Yep. Um, she does care about resilience. That is a thing yeah. that she cares yeah, about. she does. But luckily, <laughs> uh, hunters have multiple models that can pop resilience at rank, uh, yeah. which is good. And then the third part um, that I think people think is an issue is like that she, if you can just, you know, oh, I'll, I'll play compound and she won't be able to go in, with, you know, deal with the counter charge and it, get that first turn goal and he has you know and then it's like well you know i'm just going to use skatha to move my models around and maybe throw and make them a little faster and then potentially make them dodgier or throw some snare on you but yeah i've been playing most of my games with her and partially on purpose without just yoloing her in uh turn one and just actually um supporting the team and yeah, like, I mean, that, like, that's what I did with her when we played in season three, Mike, right? We had that game where you were Union and I was playing Scotha. And basically, I realized I, I couldn't go into your cage without dying. So I was like, all right, well, let me use her to move my team around and try to pick you apart a little bit. And she definitely has that game. And it's even better now than it was in season three. <laughs> yes. Not as good as it was at the beginning of season four, but yes. Yeah, yes. <laughs> so, yeah, and it's just definitely still fun to play her and if i was going to play hunters right now i would definitely do steel jaw and scotha just because um i think those two complement each other really well yeah uh, i i agree with that they're also two like completely different paradigms for the guild even though they'll take mostly similar models not necessarily all the same but mostly similar yet like you have one that's uh, you know you have one where it's like a bear that kills anything 
and forces you to come to her, but the bear is still slow uh, and much more easily controllable uh, positionally, as opposed to Skatha, who bear will only do, you know, normal crazy bear damage, not insane crazy bear damage, but that bear also potentially is going six more inches (laughs) than the other one. Yeah. And that was always the fun thing with Skatha and the bear is like, you just, you know, kick your snowball to the bear going over fast ground and the bear is just like going way faster than it should. Yeah. Fast bear is good bear. Yep. So I've actually been playing brewers as I've been getting back into guild balls because I just, I ended up getting, um, getting Corker, which I think is just an amazing model because I just love, I just love the idea of this big burly, you know, dwarf looking dude just carrying around this keg on his shoulder. So I, I picked him back up because of that. And then also Tapper got his rework a while ago where I actually like his playbook a lot. And I also like how he can make his, uh, make his squatties and, and mascot charge for cheaper with whoever he's, he's engaging. So I ended up picking them up again and I, I played Tapper mostly. And man, I tell you, it just brings me back to the days of when I just, I love playing Tapper just because of how much damage he outputs and all. And I mean, Tapper wraps for days. He's just going to hit that five column when it's swinging right. And he's going to be pushing you two inches and doing like four to five damage, depending on what the setup is. So um yeah just a lot of fun playing tapper yeah no if uh if i was to jump back on brewers tapper would be would be my man um now something that i found interesting though mike was so i i kind of follow all the facebook pages for for the guilds and on the brewers page there's a lot of brewers players who are bringing Tapper and Corker, and that seems a little odd to me because they seem like they have a similar play style. It's just Corker's efficient with his. Well, I don't know. Tapper's pretty efficient too because he gives out the two influence. So I was wondering what you thought about some of these Brewer players doubling up on Tapper and Corker and leaving Esters at home. Yeah, um, I think the reason is people were taking Corker and Esters and felt that Corker was better. And with that, like specific, um, just pure, if you're, you know, just standing off and you're going to just commit to that game, I do think that Corker is probably better, although I still don't love him. And that might be just more hang up on me. I think I've talked about how, even though I don't, I think he is, he is good. Uh, he does bring, similar stuff that brewers had already brought and he does it in a way that is effective but not interesting to me um yeah so i've never been a huge corker fan um i think the idea behind the tapper and corker is that um with tapper getting our target back he can uh he can kind of um kind of fulfill the speed boost role that esther does not as well but still potentially yeah. uh so you know, I guess the idea might be if you, you know, need the faster models and you can afford to play Tapper, um, then Tapper is a good model, you know, a good captain potentially to pick. And then people are still big on Corker. I would well, play, yeah, what, what, I'd play Tapper Masters. Uh, I, I, I have to, I, to be fair, I have to be honest, I haven't played Tapper since the change, but I mean, he was fun, uh, but slightly worse than Esther's before the change. Now I think he is still fun and 
probably a decent bit better. <laughs> yeah, the thing that I liked what they did with Tapper is that I found that, you know, because Tapper raps for days. That's just what he does. Mm-hmm. And I love that they put the one damage and the mark target on the one because that just allowed me to be like, I can, you know, hold somebody captive and I can kill that model. And as I'm killing him, I can throw a mark target out on somebody else and then charge into that model. That's a good distance out. So I really liked that mechanic on that they added to that, bringing mark target back. But then also just that they increased the range of how far you can hand out old Jake's influence. So that was a lot better too, in my opinion, made him more flexible, which is definitely good. Yeah, no, I think he's more flexible. He can threaten longer, which is really, really useful for him. He does potentially more damage. uh, And he also enables your, he makes your team crazy efficient if you can set it up. Um, And I do like the idea. uh, And I also, I really like how he got the two health. Um, it doesn't yeah. it's a major. I mean, against actually some teams, it is a major difference, but they already struggled to kill with him. Uh, to kill him, I don't think it like completely um, changes like the game radically. But I think it is really cool that he is now uh, the toughest of those types of captains. He's not necessarily the toughest captain um, because that depends on a lot of different factors. But he is by I think by straight stats when it comes to a combination of health and uh and tough hide he has he is the most survivable by those metrics you know not including counterattacks and stuff yeah and definitely i mean you're gonna buddy him up with hooper and i even think just throwing a tough skin on tapper just to make it even more difficult is just it was it was just something that was really just a pain in the butt for a couple of the people i've been playing with him yeah, for sure. But see, um, the thing I like the thing I like about Esther's though mm-hmm. is I like the aria that she does in this season, and I just love just the idea of giving the free heroics, and I see the use in that. But I don't know if I love, like I said, her getting like the tooled up. That's something where I thought that was kind of odd, like that that she has that now. I don't know. Yeah, um, I mean, it's still as good as it was. It arguably better because you got one more option um, with Flea, although yeah. I'm not sure how much often you're necessarily taking him, but still. Yeah, she does all the stuff that she does. She has the most uh, flexible game plan, especially like you can still do the kickoff with uh, Decimate and taxi a model back, and you do it like asterisk better than the other captains like corker can have more output uh theoretically because you know beer token is really good um but then you know that requires you to sacrifice your one momentum uh yeah and one which is particularly important um capper can you know give damage buff to multiple people and attack buff and he can still do the speed up stuff but he doesn't let decimate get the heroic as much you know so like if you're just concentrating trying to concentrate a bunch of uh power into a fast long threading uh decimate then i mean you know esther's is your girl yeah she is she's man she's your woman I'm I'm definitely going to get kind of like what you're doing, Mike. I'm definitely kind of committed into playing like my next, I don't know if I'm going to do 30, but you know, I'm going to at least do a handful. Now he's committed. All right. I I guess I just got to commit to 30. (laughs) 
Captain. So I'll do 10, 10 per captain. Oh, 10 per captain. Okay. That's, that's, that's probably a more sane way to, to do it, approach it. Oh, yeah. And I just, Brewers have always just been a guild that I just, I love to play. I love the style and kind of the flavor of them. And I think they got enough tools now where you can definitely do some fun stuff with them. No, yeah, they're they're still good. Um, and the one issue they kind of had back before Vet Boar got nerfed was Vet Boar. Uh, and that's no, I don't think at all an issue for them anymore. Um, so I think I think they are fine. They might they still the one thing that is kind of hard for them is like at the end of the day they're still kind of playing a very kind of similar game in many ways to uh, kind of how Union has to play a lot of the times. But they're a guild. Not that they can't score goals, but they can't often against most goal-scoring team-focused teams, they're going to have to play the role of uh, hard-killing the ball. You know, however that yeah. looks, uh, whether it's pat- kicking the ball in space, corner, uh, you know, putting in a blob of people, blah, 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 blah. And that that kind of can wear on you if, like, your gameplay is so reactive and dictated by, you know, what's what's in, in uh, Vogue, what's in the meta. Yeah, because... I know because of that reason, people automatically feel like they have to bring like spigot and Friday. Like they feel like, hey, that's like an auto include because I need to hide Friday back, you know, kind of get my points and then she can go ahead and take my like last, you know, goal to win the game. So I know that's a strategy that really hasn't changed a lot for brewers like in years. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, they are kind of that team. I think um, I've heard some interesting thoughts about like just how to play those kind of teams where if you play them too defensively, you kind of, it's in a way, while both safe, it's also risky because you're basically dictating the board space is going to be all on your side of the field. So um, yeah. so you either kill the ball successfully and win the game or you're constantly trying to defend the ball, but every time they take it for you, they're easily slotting in those goals and you end up maybe potentially losing. So I don't know, maybe there's some more space to be played in uh like just running all your brewer models forward as far as possible and if you get the ball uh kick it away from other models i don't know yeah i was gonna say i mean the way i like to play the brewers is the best way is just to kind of control the middle of the pitch and just that's where you want to live and kind of breathe sure yeah yeah so one question i'm gonna check this on the old on the old long shanks here, but looking at when you went to second wind, yeah, there was a lot of people kind of playing the new, what seems like to me, the new hotness of the, um, the alchemist. I, so I, I, I honestly don't remember how many people were playing. I didn't run into an, Oh no, I totally did. I did run into an alchemist player, <laughs> but anyway, you were saying, so they were pretty popular at second wind. Yeah, so, I mean, it just seemed like at Second Wind and other tournaments that I've been kind of just kind of watching, there's about five people there, but I just, I hear a lot of people talking just like that Alchemist kind of, and specifically even Midas, have a lot of gameplay now and that um, a lot of the changes like having Cami and, you know, the new um, the new Catalyst just kind of really make that team a lot of fun to play and just pretty more interesting than it was just playing Smoke. I mean... Yes, 100%. <laughs> I, uh, in the run-up to WTC, uh, 
you know, we I had heard some of the uh, European players talking about, you know, but after the after the errata, like how good the new Midas with Vetcat was, and um, so you know, uh, we're like, well, you know, some we should get some. You, the, the guys should get some games in. Uh, I volunteered to play against uh, John Clough. He was playing Engineers. I was playing Midas. Uh, I literally had barely even thought about the rule changes and even I hadn't even really read uh that cat's card closely um but I was able yeah. to pull out and of course he was he was figuring out you know uh how, like what kind of strategy to take to but like I just kind of stumbled my way into winning which was really funny <laughs> I was like <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing I guess I'll just uh I'll just go sacrifice my captain and uh oh look now uh that cat killed two people and now I scored nice. a goal. I win the game. Hey, look, I won. I did it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I, I mean, a lot of people did, but I, I underestimated, at least at first glance, how ridiculously strong uh, Kami is because she's basically, she's just so, she both threatens really far and is really reliable at doing certain things. Her goal run isn't particularly crazy. It can be, but it's kind of janky. Um, but just the fact that you can put four influence on her and threaten, uh, what, four, five, six, 13, 14 inches uh, before, yeah. before Lore of Gold. Uh, that's just from her and having a condition to teleport off of. And she threatens 14 inches and then can generate four momentum and put out four conditions and do effectively, uh, you know, uh, four to eight damage yeah yeah and i just kind of like you guys were saying and then i heard kirkov talking about her a lot because you know he has this kind of gun metaphor going on for a while mm-hmm. and and i started looking at him like yeah i can see what he's talking about she's mobile and yeah it puts out some decent damage at least and then yeah just can scoot around the board like just super far Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's really good. And then you combine that with Midas being um, on on like the level of like a Scaife. I think Scaife is kind of a slightly better striker, but you know Midas combines that with also putting out conditions and also uh, setting up his team in a very similar way. So you have this kind of same paradigm of a really strong striker captain who can also support your team, and then you basically added the bear. They're ba- they're basically season 4.0 hunters uh, with yeah. a little bit more with more strikers, but a little, I guess, a little less maybe similar damage, but all coming from one model as opposed to in hunters season four. It was really coming from like two models because it was Chaska and the bear that did insane damage. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, so they're they're real fun and they're good. Um, I encourage and encourage people to play them they're like fun to play i think for almost both teams other than potentially that cat being a little too a little too crazy um it's still i think it's still fun because you get to interact with uh the alchemists i think a lot and you're yeah like defending the goal against them and then also defending your models from dying yeah yeah, and I mean, the and the, top, the top eight looked very interesting as far as like teams because you have like two hunters, you have the alchemists, you have two engineers, a mason, and then another hunter and a fish. So definitely a little different from what we saw, you know, even just like six months ago. 
Uh, yeah, I think part of that, again, part of that is just specific. I wouldn't read too much into the... Just, just good players. Good players, yeah, playing the guilds that they randomly picked. Also, um, I mean, this I know this definitely happened to me, but it also happened to other people. Um, there were, you know, there were... Uh, like, for example, I got two pair downs at second win. So I, whatever I ended up uh, doing, I knew I would be the lowest in that bracket. And then, of course, uh, there was the, the tragic vet, uh, vet rage missing his four die goal in the semifinals, which, like, just killed me. Um, huh. <laughs> yeah, I know. He, apparently, he's only good at murder. Uh, but yeah, so I, I mean, everybody, everybody up there did really good. But I, I would look even further down. I wouldn't stick to just, like, strictly the the top 10 i would just look at yeah. really anybody who did five and two because uh, it doesn't really like that that could have been for example in my case it was you know semifinals and then uh you know uh the pair the pair down winning and me losing so that there was another round uh but yeah either anybody any of those guilds that made five and two which is actually a really good spread it's farmers alchemists morticians union masons brewers butchers fish hunters engineers so like who didn't make the top i can't i think that's i miss a major guild in there i don't think so uh rat catchers (laughs) major guild oh oh sorry no yeah i think actually that list is is every major guild if i'm not mistaken and all it has left out is the miners uh yeah I, I do i do believe you are uh you are correct yeah and of those of those people who went five and two uh there are only a couple i mean there are a couple of like two repeats there's only one three which is hunters yeah it's pretty that's pretty impressive actually yeah i, I do think so as well just because and like you said, I mean, you look at the top eight and you're like, holy cow, look at all this, you know, nonsense. And then you just look at the names. You're like, oh, well, hey, turns out Pete Williamson's really good. And so is Blaine Dobson. And, you know, Zach Cohen's a solid player and John Clough and, you know, all these people. <laughs> I do like how you downgraded for Zach. I, I think that's really, I really appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it was fun meeting Zach, you know, when, when I did in person. So you got to give him a little shit, right? There you go. <laughs> Oh man. So yeah, looking at all this though, Mike, and this is something that I just, I kind of threw at you randomly, but I, I do want to kind of get your quick thought on it. So sure. after the, bo- after the boar apocalypse, you know, got put down, what do you think are like, it doesn't even have to be a top five, but what are like three to five guilds that you're like, these guilds are pretty solid right now. And, and maybe give us just a couple of reasons why. Sure. Um, let's see if we can be bold and get five i think are we so are we talking in terms of power level uh power level and impact in the like in the meta because i actually think that question slightly changes depending on how you what you're looking for um let's just say kind of i don't want to worry so much about power level because i think that goes a little bit like that'll come up either way but i do like the impact of it like you know who kind of what's a guild maybe that like they're they do it maybe a little differently where it's going to change the way you have to play when you come up against them and Mm -hmm. they're still solid enough where they're definitely going to keep getting their wings so overall influence i think is is really what i think you're looking for because yeah yeah. that knocks uh that knocks uh morticians just right out of it because 
morticians will always uh, be an awesome guild that nobody knows how to win with. Um, <laughs> yeah, because they're hard. <laughs> unless you're Jamie, unless you're Jamie Perkins, right? Yeah, just yeah. I mean, I should do, oh, so first off, I I, I follow Jamie a lot, and apparently there was a tournament recently that he had where he got a six point activation with Dirge. Yeah, I heard about that, and so, I was just like, yeah. my god, <laughs> it's great. But anyways, uh, yes, you're you're right. Morticians are, and as far as I've been playing since you know season three started, that's when I picked it up and. That's always been a guild where even when I felt like I was, you know, really solid and getting my reps in guild ball, that's one guild where even, I mean, I had tough time trying to figure out what I wanted to do with them. Yeah. yeah I mean, super complicated and, and obviously scalpel holds a, a decent amount, if not, uh, but a decent amount of their power, their power yeah. budget. Anyway, um, influential guilds, uh, I think. Alchemist has to be up there in the conversation. Um, they're really good. They're aggressive. They can play both scoring and also takeouts um, just because how good that cat is uh, right now. I, yeah, I, I just think, and they're, and they're fun for people to play. That's the other thing. Like I think they're yeah. a fun for the person piloting them. So I think you'll continue to see more and more of them uh, and they'll do probably pretty good <laughs> so while we're while we're looking at this mike and i yeah. like i said i haven't talked to you about what you're kind of selecting here because we're kind of doing this on the fly but yeah do you feel do you feel like a guild that can go closer to that 2-2 game is going to kind of be higher on this list um not intrinsically but if they can do if they can i think it's more if they can flex between three zero two two and four one very easily then they're obviously clearly um, powerful, right? Okay. If you like that, and that was like the, for example, season four hunters, uh, was really good examples of that. Um, it's just like the ability to be like, you know, um, so you're protecting against this goal threat that I have. Well, now I have, I can set myself up to pretty easily dominate a fight, um, yeah. or, you know, threaten to dominate the fight. And then uh, at the same time, oh, you didn't defend the ball well. Well, I don't even need to fight you in this game. I'm just going to score a bunch of goals real quick. Like that's that's real strong. Whenever that is an option, yeah. um, and I think alchemists certainly certainly do that. Um, and I think some of the two two teams definitely do uh, do that. I think there is a different way a team can be really strong and influential though. Is like if they're really good at whatever niche you know. Um, niche that they're in. So, for example, like uh, hunters, you know, with Steeljaw can play cameras. I mean, they can play two two, but that's not the way they, you know, are super strong from playing. But yeah, they are, they're kind of more four one. Yeah, they're more four one many times six zero. If somebody really, you know, keeps the ball. <laughs> like they can do. Um, yeah, but like they're so good at you know they're they're good enough at it that it overcomes the fact that they're not as flexible. That was yeah. more, you know, the the butchers team was never an amazing goal scoring team. Uh, they could, okay, you know, they could definitely score a goal, uh, but that wasn't their major thing. It was just how good they were at fighting. Yeah, um, so I can definitely see that with the hunters too, because like you said, I mean, steel jaw. You can either do that kind of like, like you said, maybe not a two two, even though they could, but definitely at least the uh, the four one game, and then yeah, like you said, even a six zero game. Yep. Um, so, okay, so I think Hunters are on there as well for the reasons you just said. Um, yep. 
Alchemists, we said. Uh, hey, Fisher. I, I would say oh. I got one, Mike, that yeah. I'm kind of interested in. So we'll talk about Fish because they're always there. But what about your uh, almost like the, the guild you played for so long with the Masons now that Honor's got her groove back? I, I do think uh, Masons are still up there. They may also kind of fall into a guild that's hard to play super, super well. I think they are a little more forgiving than Masons as, uh, than Morticians, as in, like, it's not like, oh, you don't know how to play Scalpel and, you know, now you're, you're, in, you're in big trouble because your team is a lot more squishy. I think Masons are more forgiving, but I think still their top-tier play because they're, uh, involves so much rule breaking yeah. uh, and tempo and uh, you know overlapping defensive things while also getting activation advantages and using that to you know put the tempo of the game in your favor. I think that's really hard to do well. So I think that's potentially um, why they haven't. I mean, they. I mean, they exploded in terms of. Uh, in terms of people playing them at second wind, at least, but they haven't necessarily uh, dominated tournaments in any way. Yeah, and I, I definitely agree with that because you know I had my stretch where I was asking you like how to play Masons and and trying to figure out the honor game, especially in the mirror against Hammer because everybody loved Hammer so much. But um, yeah, it definitely takes reps because there's a lot of small nuances in that guild where if you don't set up correctly, you you can get blown out pretty good. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I, I, I'm always going to put Masons up there. So Masons were definitely on my, my list as well. I do think they're still real strong. Uh, so we have Hunters, Alchemists, Masons. Uh, we said Fish, uh, explaining it. I mean, they're just, they're just always, I think they're always going to be a potentially really strong team because they, they just bring some amazing models in combination with just like a, uh, kind of guild design, I guess. Their players, you have all these dodges and movement, and you know, good movement options, which is always strong. Uh, in combination with a bunch of you know good striking models with good playbooks, I don't know that and two inch melee across. Basically the and I think team. the thing about them is that they're always. I think they just make the game more exciting. Like when fish are relevant, I think that it, it seems like when you play against a fish player, it's like the ball's always live. You know, there's always, you know, threat extension, right? When you think something's safe, they come up with some kind of character play or some kind of move where all of a sudden the ball's live again, or, you know, Corsair is dragging somebody in again. And it's just one of those things where you almost never feel safe when you're playing a good fish player. Yeah, no, that's for sure. Uh, then they definitely can they can switch it up uh, with some of their captains for sure, uh, quite quite easily. Um, yeah, they're always going to be relevant. I think they would have to really hit them hard across a bunch of models to uh, for them to not be up there. And then I think uh, we said five, and we're at four now. I think my last one is. Um, yeah, I'm going to go back and on Union, although I do think they're really good. I think they also have the potential to be up there. But I'm actually going to go with – I've been really impressed with Engineers still. Um, wow. I think Nomad – I mean, like Nomad came out and everybody was like, wow, yeah, this guy's really strong. And he came into a team that was already really strong. So, uh, you know, like 
I think I think they are quite good. <laughs> the only thing they kind of have a little bit of a thing is that you know a lot of their power is is due to Rivet. Um, yeah. So with a bunch of great models, but like Rivet just really cranks it up. So they're kind of an, and their other captains don't really compare that much. Yeah. But man, uh, engineers are. They're the team I least want to play, I think, regardless of what team I'm playing, uh, just because I know how good they are, and which is weird. I probably sh- should be playing Engineers, because I also played them they, uh, a bunch in Season 2 and Season 3 as well, and uh, they were always fun. I don't know why I, don't, I haven't played them in a while. So is one of the reasons why maybe you didn't put like Farmers on there, because I know a lot of people would naturally say Farmers just because of Thresher and obviously Bryce brings a lot of attention to that guild, but um, I don't know. It's just because you kind of know what Thresher is going to do. You know what Thresher is going to do and you know kind of what their main game plan is going to be. And you know that they can't really protect the ball all that great. So, I mean, is it just the predictability of farmers that makes them, you know, maybe not quite on that list? Yeah. I, I, whether it's predictability or just like their whole, well, their 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 shtick now is right like that they do uh, really consistent easy damage and they and they have a lot of ways to potentially crank it up a bunch uh, not through buffs necessarily but just playbooks and and a lot of two inch melee etc. Um, and you have you know the craziness that is is Thresher and and Wendell you know as well. Um, but I think the issue with them is like they let you interact with them which. To me, at least thinking about them, that seems like a lot. Doesn't mean that you can't be successful with them. And, I, and obviously, Bryce is a good example of that. Uh, Corey Burns uh, at Second Wind did really well with them. Yeah, I, yeah. like you can do well with them, but I, I, it's weird that you give your opponent lots of opportunities to interact with you, and they do still shut that down to a degree, but not nearly as much as they used to. So it's kind of a more of a game of like being able to utilize Thresher and your other tools appropriately to, you know, kill them before they can start doing whatever they want to do to you. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, farmers, like I said, are good and we still have a couple of new captains that are coming out for these guilds. So obviously that's going to shake things up a bit, but kind of like what you said until farmers kind of get that second captain, Generally speaking, like people will play Grange, but you're kind of playing this weird kind of, you know, cagey game when you do Grange where your defense is so low, they can kind of pick apart your scrum a little easier than other people. So until like something changes with that second captain, I think that Thresher's just kind of like it's predictable that's going to probably be the captain that you drop. So I'd kind of the same boat. I'd be like, yeah, farmers are good, but I think that predictability kind of keeps them a little bit. Plus we're kind of going off of interesting and kind of game changing, which I don't think farmers do as well as the ones you were talking about. Yeah. I think somewhat one, I mean, two, so let's see, uh, alchemists, fish, masons and engineers, I would all argue have like really flexible, pretty flexible, at least game plans maybe fish slightly less, but they're, the way they approach their scoring game plan is really flexible. And then you have uh, hunters, uh, you know, who are just kind of not necessarily as flexible, but quite, you know, powerful. 
Yeah. Now, if I was going to follow kind of like beard minis here, Mike, and if I wanted to be like a snowflake and be like, I'm going to play a minor guild, which one of these minor guilds do you think has the best chance of, you know, kind of kind of holding its own against almost any guild? Maybe they have one matchup that's really terrible or two. But generally speaking, if you kind of pilot them and a lot and you get used to how they play, uh, you could be pretty successful with them, in your opinion. Yeah, I think Order and Miners probably are my choice. I think Cooks are really fun and strong, but I think they 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 might have more than one or two matchups where they're really struggling um, because they really do lack good ways to, to hold the ball. Um, yeah, but Miners, I think are, they're they're still real good. They you know they were nerfed, but they're still they're still definitely strong, um, and they do more or less the same thing that they they used to minus uh you know a little bit more interactivity and a little less uh you know just throwing all your models off the pitch immediately um and then order hasn't changed since they got buffed um and it's well i guess they got buffed again pretty recently with uh season 4.2 but um yeah they're just they're just solid Uh, i think they can they can actually flex as well it's a little um it's a little weird but you can still fight people with that fang tooth he does do a lot of damage yeah he does yeah if i was gonna go with a minor guild i mean if i was gonna kind of look at this like realistically i'd probably also go with miners just because they still do amazing like things they're just kind of they slowed them down a bit which is good because you know yeah yeah there's a couple games where I was I was scoring like three goals in one turn pretty easy. Mm-hmm. But if I'm going for the memes, I got to go with the rat catchers just because I love the rat catcher so bad. Yeah, no, they're <laughs> real fun. Um, I think they, pro- they probably have one or two or three matchups that are prob- probably pretty Horrendous. nasty. <laughs> I think the union matchup is terrible for them um, just because just watching that game uh, – that I played at second win with Chris uh, was I, I messed up and my mess up somehow actually just turned into helping me win quicker. Um, yeah. Like I, yeah. Forgot, I forgot to back to the shadows minx, allowing him to interact with her and like drag her back towards his team. But that just put her in a better position. <laughs> turn two <laughs> for when rage killed everybody. <laughs> yeah. And I do. And y- you, you, you always give me crap whenever I talk about union, Mike, because it seems like every time I, I like talk about union, you're just like, you're wrong. And when we talked okay. about Minx, you were like, yeah, you guys are so wrong about Minx. She does so much more right now. Oh, did, did you guys say that? I forgot. You guys had said that she was worse when she changed. We were not happy because they got rid of the, the free charge. Yeah. 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 You and they, and they, and they took off the two cap and got rid of the free charge and they gave her four and, and made her a four cap that does momentous three on three with a self defense buff dodges on every result marks target uh and more health yeah i mean like i can't even think of a bad thing and she can listen, uh, she can listen now, mike we can be wrong it's okay no you can't you should feel bad about how wrong you are. <laughs> oh yeah pretty much yeah, but she's 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 real good. Um, I don't know. That's all I got. She's real good. <laughs> that's that's all you need to say, right? Just she's good player. Um, uh, let's hear. 
So, so yeah, I mean, I think that's a pretty good rundown just kind of generally, generally for it. But the last thing that I want to ask you, Mike, is just like, if you were going to tell kind of like a, a newer player, like, Hey, this is a guild. That's a good time. And you'll probably like it. Which, which guild would you throw at them? Ooh, that's hard. Cause it really does depend on what they're interested in doing. Um, I think, I think you'd have a ton of fun playing alchemists. Uh, and I think people generally have a ton of p- fun playing fish unless they're just like, I want to kill things strict. Cause you can do that in fish, but it's a different, it's not killing. Oh, yeah. Your yeah. It's throwing people off and weird killing. So, um, I think, I think brewers are also, uh, always a really fun guild to play at a casual level. I think, they like have this weird thing at a casual level. You're just starting. Everybody else is just starting. You're going to have fun. You're going to be like my models when the good times happen, you know, and I get to knock people down, people explode. It's great. Uh, I think <laughs> there's then a really like steep uh, curve, not in just yeah. in, in both learning the guild, but also like reacting. Cause then it's like, okay, now all of my opponents know how to score uh, and they can actually really aggressively pressure the ball well. Now, I'd start losing all my Brewers games and, uh, you know, need to learn how to then, you know, kind of react to that. So, and, and that's hard, I think, for a lot of Brewers players. But if I was telling a player to get started, that would be a fun place to get started because they do, I, I think just the overlapping synergies can, like, players can kind of plan together, okay, you know, I'm going to do this and this and this and this, and then my thing's going to do awesome things. And yeah. punching people and drunks. So the theme is, yeah. is good. Yeah, I would I would recommend one of those you said, but also for a newer player, I think a lot of times the minor guilds are kind of like an interesting place to start. That's true. That's true. Just because just of flavor. Like the mechanics sometimes are actually harder for a newer player depending on which one you pick up. But like just looking at those minor guild boxes, they just look appealing. The models are cool. They're crisp. Most of them are there. So just the fact that that mm-hmm. that's like something you can do is always pretty, pretty interesting for a new player to do a lot of times. Yeah. I think if somebody's not afraid of some complexity, miners have an awesome aesthetic. If you, if you're interested in it and like they're strong and they have a lot of fun, wacky things they can do. The only, the only downside is that like, you're getting into a game and you have to learn how to basically ignore one of the major rules of the games. <laughs> the, the rules don't apply here. Yeah, my don't need road. Don't, my, well, my models don't, they aren't where they are. They're somewhere else. They just haven't gone <laughs> yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So anything you want to kind of share or say, Mike, before we, uh, we cut this thing off? Um, no, not really. Glad to talk goat ball. Uh, you may you will definitely hear an anatomical precision podcast at some point once we're all able to get together. I think you'll probably hear uh, less, slightly less frequently. Um, not for any, not like we're not playing the game or anything. It's just you know, for me personally, just like life spot is uh, in a really great spot in many ways. But for playing guild ball, it, it's definitely going to be probably. 
I don't know. I say this and then I could be like real gung ho for next WTC, which I am. <laughs> but, uh, for me, it feels like the competitive part of it, which is a major part of Guild Ball, might get a little lessened. So um, I don't know actually who listens to both our podcasts or either of our podcasts um, anymore. But, you know, if you do, uh, you can expect more Guild Ball content from us for sure. And definitely you should get on our Twitter because I have now forgotten, like, I, I, I've started to use Twitter and I like Twitter in, I don't like it. I don't like that. I like it, but it sometimes it's fun. Um, <laughs> that made no sense. <laughs> I, I hate the fact that I like it because I okay. was very anti Twitter. I like was like, no, this is like Facebook. I get it's a necessary evil. I want to interact with people, but Twitter is just like, I don't know the, the shortness of the, of the interaction bothered me, but I've uh, changed my mind partially on that one. So um, now you'll see all 30 of my Skatha games on Twitter. There you go. All the losses. Yeah, and kind of the parting blow that I'll share is kind of the, kind of the same thing. Just, you know, life gets in the way, people move. But the cool thing about when you get involved in, like, a game with Guild Ball is that, like, even though, like, Mike's somebody who initially Mike hated the podcast and thought Chris was an asshole and... All I didn't this other podcast, you guys were just wrong, <laughs> and we and we still are sometimes. Yeah, but now I like, now I like Chris better. How's his Hawaiian uh, ice thing going? Somebody ran into his pole. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. Anyway, uh, oh, you it is. But anyways, yeah, you you get to meet these great people, and even though Mike's moved on over to the left coast, you know we st- we still you know, send each other a text or we'll talk, we'll do stuff like this. And when the big conventions or the big tournaments come up, we'll, we'll still definitely meet up and do stuff. So, um, kind of like what I was saying earlier, just don't, don't try to divide like the miniature scene. Like if there's a miniature group in your area, you know, try the game out that they're playing and then try to get a couple to come over, try guild ball and, you know, just kind of grow the meta that way too. You don't always need a brand new player. There's, there's plenty of gaming to go around for everybody to play a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. I also think uh, that there's no like there's no harm in, in you know dabbling in some other games. That doesn't mean like Guild Ball is you know like dying or anything yeah. like that. It's a natural. I think it's a natural uh, kind of cycle. I found myself switching kind of major games that I've been playing every year, yeah. every couple of years usually. Yeah. And it's just there. It's just, it's Guild Ball is a clean game. That's fun to play. And it, it's, you know, one of the quicker tabletop games. So, so I just enjoy it and kind of going off this parting blow a little bit too. There's the new, uh, what is that? The crisis protocol game coming out is, or is a protocol crisis game? It's the new Marvel. Oh, uh, it's, yeah, crisis. it's crisis protocol. Yeah. And the models look really sweet. So I know our store is going to demo it and I'm going to check it out. So, I'm hoping it plays quick. If it's kind of a prolonged game, I probably won't get into it too much, but it look, yeah. the models look amazing. Nice. Yeah, there's a lot yeah. of cool options. All right, well, we're going to get out of here, Mike. Just make sure right. that no matter what you do, you just you know keep rolling dice and throwing that salt. Or at least rolling the dice. <laughs> Good night. We'll talk, we'll talk to you all later. <laughs>